0: I'm dropped off at a cold, windswept pass, looking towards Mexico and more sky islands popping up from the desert floor. To begin the trail properly, I need to head in the wrong direction, steeply down to the border. Part of me wants to get going, and maybe just looking down is enough. But with all the controversy over the wall being built in this beautiful place, even after thousands of public comments against it, I sort of feel I gotta see it. Down and down I go, much further than I'd anticipated so late on this early spring day, when the sun sets by six o'clock. It's steep, it's rocky. I slip on an eroded section and wonder if this foreshadows things to come. A road scars the land far below, seemingly straight down. I meant to go all the way down there? I walk on switchbacks, then roughly hewn stairs, past an outcropping of rock, to join the road. And there it is. A huge steel barrier, unfinished, its shadow a triangle like a dorsal fin. No one's here, but I imagine anyone trying to get over the border travels at night in the dark. The silver marker behind barbed wire reads 102 prayer flags tied to this rudimentary fence flap in the fierce wind, and my hair sneaks out from my hoodie across my face. Mile zero. I snap a selfie, then head right back up. You're listening to the Blissful Hiker podcast. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. My goal in sharing stories of walking long-distance trails as a solo, female, middle-aged, titanium-reinforced hiker is to empower you to learn to hike your own hike, too. The colors change from frozen white to an arid tan. Mountains grow out of the dusty floor— washes work their fingers out into a multitude of branches under cloud shadows. 30,000 feet below is a checkerboard of agricultural circles, like a message to the gods. A snow-capped sky island comes into view as the captain informs us we're beginning our descent into Tucson. I'm on my way to start walking the Arizona Trail, and my heart beats fast with anticipation as we fly low over a green forested peak and the plane jiggles. Tony meets me at baggage holding a cell phone, my name on a bright green background. He points out the bulging saguaro, puffed up with fat rolls because of so much rain they've sucked up during the monsoon. He plays a cd as we drive with a folksy narrator giving the history of the spanish the indian wars and the buffalo soldiers accompanied by twangy country music we pass the mountains i'll cross the Santa Ritas, the catalinas and up ahead my monster climb over miller peak tony tells me how hard things have been during covid he had to let go of all of his staff but this season has already picked up and he's shuttled a hundred hikers to the start. Miller Peak is covered in snow and I tell him I'm nervous. It doesn't help when he shares a story of a hiker who woke to a rattlesnake snuggled into his sleeping bag. I'm not gonna be cowgirl camping tonight. It's supposed to get down to 19 degrees. Above us is a blimp affectionately known as Fat Albert. Albert looks for drug smugglers along the border. We turn up towards Coronado Memorial, and Tony asks if I'm sure I want to do this. I say yes, just as we pass Desperado Avenue. Oh, dear. Up we go, passing into Oak, Mesquite, and Desert Broom. He's not allowed to go further than the visitor center, so it's a big uphill hike for me. Except up ahead... There's a family just getting out of their car, who might be popping up to the pass. I quickly run over to them to ask, but they're kind of skeptical. I explain that today is day one of the Arizona Trail, and they'll be part of my story. It turns out that Kim and Tom are from the Twin Cities. (laughs) Boy, they've got the best of both worlds as snowbirds down here. Of course they say yes and let me fill four liters of water before we hop in their truck and head up the narrow and winding gravel road. I can see why they don't let commercial vehicles go up it. There's no guardrail, and it's a steep drop. But Tom handles it effortlessly. He asks me if I'm afraid to hike alone. I tell him I should be fine. That's right before he tells me he was a border agent. Then he proceeds to describe encounters, including murder— and I wonder if I'll see anyone. After they drop me at the top, I eat a sandwich, snap pictures, then head off on the trail, immediately taking a wrong turn and heading straight up to a view. It's a good one, but I need to go down. The border is far below, so I have to backtrack. It's rocky, dry, and it's windy. Choya are turning a fluorescent yellow. I'm chilly in the shade and feeling the altitude, especially carrying about eight pounds of water. The term sky island is apt, as if a giant pinched the flat ground into pointy bits as far as the eye can see. I walk my mile and think that this is the distance to the monument, but it's only to a junction with the trail that I would have hiked had I not gotten a ride. Now the real mile starts, a steep incline with ball-bearing stones ready to roll me off the steep sides. Down and down I go. I hear voices, but it's tourists from above, likely contemplating whether to follow me down. Or maybe it's border agents. The trail is well-maintained, but very steep. At a washout, someone has carved stairs into the rock. It's switchbacks and steady before finally leveling off. I'm all alone in this wild wind and fractured landscape. A testament to what, I wonder? Fear? Nativism? An unwillingness to manage a complex situation as a team? What do I know? I'm just a hiker. But it's just not the wind taking my breath away. But the destruction of this pristine landscape is irreversible. I don't bother climbing the barbed wire to touch the monument, It's not specifically designated for the trail, like the one at the Pacific Crest Trail in Campo, California at the Mexican border. This obelisk is one of 276 monuments erected after the Mexican-American War ended in 1848. These represent a different time, when we took land from Mexico. Next to the partially built wall, this modest monument looks quaint. But this is no place to linger and besides it's all back uphill to montezuma pass and to some campsite before it gets dark and cold i wind up the canyon my heart fast but my breathing steady just as i pass the junction two backpackers come by five pounds and mule who wisely slack pack the section and will start for real tomorrow they ask me if this is my first through hike Might as well be with all the challenges the desert brings. I'm hot in the sun and cold as the wind blows. In shade, I shiver, nervous about finding a site to pitch the alley coop. As I pass the road again, I see a couple who says, Now there's a real hiker! (laughs) I laugh and ask them, Wish me luck! Wish me luck! You're listening to The Blissful Hiker Podcast, a series of personal essays coupled with found sound and my own flute playing that explores my journey of self-discovery, sharing the sometimes unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment as badass people who don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. Up I move into a canyon towards Miller Peak— It's almost five o'clock, so no chance of reaching the peak today. I nervously observe the narrow trail, steep and lined with sharp, jabby plants. Rejoice in the Lord, I tell myself. The goddess is here with me. Just as I say that, a backpacker appears coming down the mountain. When I ask how he is, he tells me he hurt his knee. I promise him he's close to the road, almost finished. And then I ask him about campsites. Ah, beta from a backpacker. There are a few right away, then some as you get to the ridge. It's just music to my ears. The information I needed as the afternoon slips into night. I pass those first beautiful sights, looking west out to the spectacular views of mountains and desert, turning orange from the setting sun. But the wind is whipping here, and I still have energy and a little bit of time. It's steep and it's high, my breathing strained as I plod forward one step at a time. I pass mines closed off with iron bars and an ancient pipe that's long dry. The trail ahead looks like it'll crest a ridge, but then it turns in, sidling a steep drop above the winding road I came up on earlier. I put my hands into the loops of my trekking poles and will myself not to trip. I'm slow like a steam engine chugging up, but I keep my breath rhythmic as I lose the wind and head into shade, still warm from exertion. As I round the canyon, I see a large juniper above, mostly a ghostly trunk stripped of bark. It seems to sit on a flat section— and I'm certain it's my campsite. It's six o'clock, and the sun begins to sink below the horizon. I reach the juniper, and just as I thought, a peninsula juts out into the sky, a flat space behind the tree acting as a windbreak. Large rocks lay about awaiting my tent, and I get right to it as the sky turns a surreal blood orange, a sliver moon above. It's cold within minutes, and I put on a fleece and my puffy as I bang in my steaks and hold them firm with rocks. The pad, pillow, sleeping bag, and all my gear is tossed in. I'm not all that hungry, so I drink a peanut butter cocoa mix and watch the last of the light before diving in. I'm warm enough, and the alley coop seems to be holding steady. No one's joined me here and I'm told it's too cold for snakes. A few helicopters are buzzing in the distance, and something is wailing with the wind. As for me, I'm ready for a deep sleep, one born of deep gratitude to my trail angels and the hiker with the campsite beta. The stars are out, but I'm going to sequester deep inside on this first night to stay warm and get a good night's rest for a longer day tomorrow. You can subscribe to Blissful Hiker wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a review on Apple to help the show get discovered. Blissful Hiker is on Patreon right now. You can support the show financially as a patron and help me get on trail to collect sound and create these stories. You can find a link to Patreon in the show notes or at blissfulhiker.com. That's also where you can find other episodes, read the blog, see pictures, and contact me, blissfulhiker.com. Next week, I'm up and over Miller Peak at 9,100 feet and my first cowgirl camping in the Arizona desert. Until then, my friends, kiakaha and happy trails.